So you want to become a police officer, but oftentimes you don't know if you meet the qualification factors or any of the disqualification factors. Well, today we're going to cover that. Let's discuss. Before we get started, remember, I have gifts down below for you. One is the getting started as a police officer. It's a free workshop. Go on, take it. You you need to start there and take that workshop because that is going to just get you started on the right foot. And you're not going to make maybe some of these mistakes that other candidates make. And when I say maybe, it's it's a high likelihood that you will possibly make a mistake if you don't have guidance going through. So go ahead, jump on, take that free workshop. It's my gift to you. If you have something more specific, remember down below, you can schedule free coaching call with myself. I'll jump on. We'll discuss a little bit about your specific situation and we can discuss how to move forward with, with what you think is going on. And most of the time, it's just getting you out of your own way so that you can go on succeed and get that badge put on your chest like you want to. Anyway, those gifts are down in the description. So let's get started. What are the disqualifying factors? These are the questions that I've been getting asked a lot. These are questions that I get asked a lot during the coaching calls, right? What disqualifies me? Or I've done this, or I've had this, or I've had a speeding ticket. Am I disqualified? Now, there's a bunch we're going to cover today, so I can't go into a huge depth with all of them, but these aren't even all of them. We're going to cover quite a bit. So like I said, don't, don't get too mad at me if I don't go into extreme depth with each one of these. But at the same point, I'm also not covering everything out there because remember, every state's different. Every different department's different. Some departments may have other disqualifying factors that where they may, may be more stringent on one of these than the other. So let's jump in. First things first, let's use common sense. If you can't own or possess a firearm in the United States, you can't be a police officer. So right off the uh, bat, felony convictions. If you have a felony conviction, you can't own a firearm. Now, once again, let me give the disclaimer here. The answer to a lot of these is the old lawyer, it depends, right? So things can change. You could get a felony removed if you go through all the right channels, and that that might allow you to pursue your, your passion and your profession in law enforcement. But just because you you do doesn't mean you'll you'll be able to become a law enforcement officer. Some people say any felony convictions, whether they're expunged or not, doesn't matter. Anyway, so felony convictions. If you if you're a felon or if you've ever been convicted as a felon, you can't own a firearm. Therefore, you can't be a law enforcement officer. Once again, common sense, but just things that people need to know. And right behind that, serious misdemeanors. Uh, each state classes their misdemeanors differently, whether it's an A, B, or C class, or a one, two, or three, or or they may have some other classifications. Now, a misdemeanor, if you don't know, is anything punishable by up to pretty much 364 days in, in jail or in prison. Two different things, jail and prison, but you get where I'm coming from. So that's a misdemeanor. Anything over that, if you're in prison for more than a year, that's a felony. Now, there are, once again, it depends. Some states have you know, statutory misdemeanors like D.C., where if you're a law enforcement officer and you fail to act, you could go to jail for two years and it still be considered a misdemeanor. But the majority is 365 days or less. You're a uh, 
your misdemeanor, anything greater than that, or anything that can hold a penalty larger than that, I should say, is a felony. So serious misdemeanors, I mean, something that may come up as, as a assault, something that comes back with some type of violence, maybe, maybe even something where you used a weapon. And when I say a weapon, I, I don't mean a firearm or a knife. I mean, maybe you used a bat or a hammer and you damaged property. These are the type of things that as a serious misdemeanor that will get you disqualified if you have a conviction for any of these. And once again, I, I emphasize the term conviction here because charges are one thing and you're going to have to explain them. But if, if you're charged with something and it's dismissed, it just means that you weren't convicted. And it means that possibly they arrested the wrong individual, possibly they had bad information or maybe they they messed up somewhere else down the line during the process and you just weren't the person. So you were arrested, you were falsely arrested for it, but it's on your record, right? I've been arrested for a serious misdemeanor. Well, I got to put that down on my police questionnaire. But if the DA says, hey, no, we're, we're dismissing this case, you're going to have to explain that and you're going to have to get documentation to explain that too. So keep that in mind as well. It's not going to be. It's not going to be. Oh, it was dismissed, and they're just going to let it go. You're. That's something that's going to stick with you, and it's something that you're going to have to explain, have documentation, say, hey, they they picked up the wrong guy or gal. Okay, so this is one I get asked all the time, and that is current or past drug use. And when I say drug use, I mean illegal substances. I'm not talking about your prescription medication although however depending on what you're on if you can't technically utilize a firearm and this is a medication that you need to take daily that may be a disqualifying factor but that's not what we're discussing right now what we're discussing right now is any type of Ill illegal substance now everyone wants to know well what happens if i've smoked marijuana i'm going to tell you the lawyer answer it depends right so it depends based on what department you're applying to, it depends on what county or city or municipality you're trying to get in. It depends on what state you're trying to get into or even what federal agency you're trying to get into. It really depends. A lot of places you will see no prior drug use. And when I say no prior drug use, I mean minimal stuff such as marijuana as within the last three years. That's usually a safe bet. Some places I've seen no prior marijuana use within the last years. Uh, some people even told me, oh, it says six months on here. I can promise you this. If you've used marijuana in the last six months, you're not going to be the most high qualified candidate out there. So now's the time to stop. If you want to be a law enforcement officer, stop. If you're using marijuana, I understand it may be legal in your state or decriminalized in your state. And it's, you know, it's, it's becoming more normalized, right? But until it's passed federally, which it is not, in case you don't know, marijuana is not legal federally yet at the time of recording this, it's still going to be something that law enforcement categorize as an illegal substance, so when you're filling out your background and your questionnaire, you're looking really for that three-year three year separation from any illegal drug use. And it can be it can be marijuana, it could be it could be alcohol, right? If you if you were if you drank underage, right? That's illegal use of a substance. Alcohol is a controlled substance and that's illegal use. 
it could be something more serious, but when you get into more serious stuff, that's going to lead to more, more issues down the line. So if you've used psychedelics, you know, if you've taken prescription medication illegally, you know, not, I'm, I mean, I guess technically you could purchase it, but it's still illegal. And that's the type of stuff that will really, really hinder your police application. So you really want to take it upon yourself to say, hey, law enforcement is a career I want to do. I, I feel called to serve my community and to serve my country. And I, I want to get out there and I want to I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference either in my local con community. I want to make a difference in my state. I want to make a difference nationally, even if I'm just a small part of a improvement. I want to be that improvement. If you have used marijuana in, you know, in the last three years, it's going to be something that's difficult. If you've used hard narcotics or, or really, really hard drugs, then you're you're going to have a really hard time getting through the hiring process, especially if it was in that last three year process, just rule of thumb, the farther out it was, the better chances you have. So keep that in mind. Transitioning over to the veterans. If you have a dishonorable discharge, by the way, once again, going back to felons, if you have a dishonorable discharge, technically you're not supposed to be able to purchase firearms. So if you have a dishonorable discharge, you're not going to be allowed to become a police officer. And it's not just because of the firearm thing. It's just a blanket, blanket rule. I should say, I should say law, I guess. Yeah, law across the nation. If you have a dishonorable discharge, you cannot be a law enforcement officer. Now, if you have a dishonorable discharge because you got a DUI, and instead of taking, you know, captain's mass or whatever it's called in your in your branch, where you just go to your you know your immediate commander or immediate CO and XO, and you wind up going in there and just taking the punishment that they give you, and then you take it to a court martial, right? So where you get to go in there with a representative or a lawyer and defend what you did. Well, at that point, they can assign a harsher punishment such as a dishonorable discharge, right? Well, if you get a dishonorable discharge for something like a DUI, all hope's not lost. You can always apply to to get your discharge changed such to as other than honorable. You can you can still become a law enforcement officer with an other than honorable discharge. The only thing that prevents you from being a law enforcement officer is a dishonorable discharge. It has to be a dishonorable discharge, not a general, not a other than honorable all those are good. Obviously, if you're in the military, get an honorable discharge. Just get an honorable discharge. It's going to help you become a law enforcement officer. Everything else is going to hurt you, but a dishonorable discharge makes you ineligible. It's a disqualifying factor. Okay, this next one may surprise some people, may not surprise some people. If you filled out a police questionnaire before or if you've applied to a law enforcement agency, they've done a credit check on you. And bad credit can actually severely hinder your ability to become a police officer. So same as just like we were talking about with being in the military is you can't even join the military if you have too bad of credit or too much debt because you become a liability and you have to have security clearances. Even in law enforcement, you have what's called a public trust clearance, and it's all it is is a security clearance. It allows you to run things through NCIC or whatever local database that you're using, whether it's in Texas or whether you're in dc or north carolina it doesn't matter 
wherever you're at, you're going to be able to run information on individuals and you need a pub public trust clearance. Can't speak. Public trust clearance. There we go. You need a public trust clearance in order to be able to run this information to get people's sensitive information, you know, where their address is, um, their driving history, all this type of stuff that most individuals aren't going to have immediate access to like you have when you make a radio call. So if you have bad credit, what they're telling you is, hey, you're you're able to be compromised, right? You're able to be compromised with money. Either your bad credit shows a couple different things. One, it shows that you may be compromised, right? Someone might be able to maybe buy you off because you have so much debt and you need to pay it down, or it shows you're not responsible. And the inability to have the inability to be responsible or not being responsible is a immediate red flag for anyone in law enforcement. I mean, ultimately, now you're governed by the Constitution, the laws of your state, your state constitution, right? The U.S. Constitution, your state constitution, policy, and all these things, which sometimes gets violated. Sometimes it's accidental. Sometimes it's intentional or it's just a lack of training. But they need to know that the person they're hiring isn't going to be that individual intentionally, which puts the department and the entire agency or possibly even the whole state at risk. The last thing a department wants to do is make case law for either their circuit court or nationally with the Supreme Court. It's the last thing a department wants. So if they see that you have bad characteristics, such as bad credit, that you're not responsible it's going to hurt you. Now, don't mistake bad credit for no credit. If you're just coming out of college and you're 21 and you're applying to a department, you have no credit, not bad credit, right? You should try to build your credit while going, you know, once you turn 18, you should try to build your credit and even before if you can. But when you when you come out of college, you just don't have any credit if that's the way you went or if maybe you just turned 21 and and maybe you didn't even go to college. Maybe you just you know, worked and, but you didn't, you paid cash for everything. You didn't take out any real, real credit cards or anything that would help you build credit. So you just have no credit. That's, that's a different thing. They're just going to look at that as, Hey, this individual doesn't have an established credit line. So we have nothing to gauge it on other than the other factors in which we see, which would be your, your debt ratio. You know, if you say, Hey, I have, cause they're going to ask you, what's your liabilities? Oh, I, I own a, $60,000 truck. I own a, I'm making payments on a $100,000 Cadillac. I'm making payments on jet skis and a boat. Oh, well, what do you do for a living? Oh, I don't work. That's going to throw up some red flags because you don't have any credit. You don't have a job, but then you have all this debt that makes you a liability again. So bad credit. It can definitely DQ you real quick. Okay. This one is really a a tricky one. So a history of domestic violence. And I say it's trick. Listen, domestic violence is bad no matter where you're at, right? We can all agree on this. It doesn't matter what your gender is or anything like that. Male on female, female on male, or any of the combination of such. If, if at any point you have a history of domestic violence, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying, hey, the, my girlfriend at one point called the called the cops on me and and nothing happened right it i'm talking about something where you may have been arrested or you may have been served with a court order 
These are the type of things I'm talking about. Given that you have a court order or a restraining order, whatever it's called in your state, sometimes it has number of classifications, but given that you have one of these or you've had one of these, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be disqualified right away, but it's going to be a huge factor. If you have a current restraining order and it's court order based on the fact that there was actually violence that took place, you're going to be disqualified. You can't, you can't apply. You can, you can try to do your best to, to get it removed down the line if there was a mistake made, but know that that is a disqualifying factor. So doesn't matter what type of domestic violence it is, is any time that this is a pattern or it's history. If you have more than one domestic violence issue, whether it's the same individual or different individuals, you're going to be disqualified. You're going to, they're just not even going to consider it. They're going to look, they're going to see that you have it. No matter how you try to explain it, they're actually going to pull up the, the criminal record or the court record, they're going to look what was happened. They're going to review it. And they're just going to say, Hey, this candidate is not worth the effort to put in. You're disqualified due to uh, domestic violence history. I want to stop and make a point. If you're thinking like, this is, this is a dumb video. Of course, these people shouldn't be cops. Well, I, I agree that individuals that, that have shown a history of, of poor decision-making probably shouldn't become law enforcement officers, right? But at the same point, if you want to become a law enforcement officer, it's because you believe in our criminal justice system. Now, our criminal justice system is simple. Individuals are either charged with crime or are given court-mandated remediation, or it doesn't matter. Our criminal justice system is very simple. If you do a crime, you wind up paying a penance for it, and then you if you show that you can reintegrate into society, you reintegrate into society. If you don't believe in our criminal justice system, you probably shouldn't be looking at getting a law enforcement position. I understand that you might want to make a positive change, but if you're the type of individual that doesn't believe in the criminal justice system and that it can be effective if everyone did their steps properly, it's not. this is not the profession for you. And I say that because you're just going to end up on the other side of my job where I'm reviewing you for a police officer misconduct allegation because you ignored someone's constitutional rights because you know they had a prior history of DUIs. Individuals can get, quit drinking. Individuals can become productive members of society just because they had a DUI, right? It's not it's not going to it doesn't necessarily make that individual a bad person. So I guess what I'm getting at is don't judge people right? Don't judge the individuals that may be watching that says, hey, I really want to make a difference. I may have made a mistake in my past, but I want, I'm older, I'm wiser, I'm smarter. I want to, I want to go make a difference. And the way I feel I can best make a difference is in law enforcement, whether you're eligible or not. And that's what these disqualifying factors are for is to, to, to show people that, hey, this is what will disqualify you or not disqualify you. But whether you're eligible or not, I commend every individual that tries to improve their situation or any individual that has made a mistake in the past and tries to do better. Because ultimately, that's what our criminal justice system is set up for. It's individuals make a mistake, whether they're the victim is society or another individual, they they pay their penance. And, and afterwards, if if they show remorse or they honestly want to do better, they get that opportunity. 
I'm not saying they should all become law enforcement officers, but I am saying that we shouldn't be the ones that judge them. And if we're judging them now before you're even a law enforcement officer, you should highly look at yourself before you go into this profession. Because the last thing I want anyone to do is end up on the other side of me where I'm reviewing you for police officer misconduct allegation. Anyway, moving on, I just wanted to make that note. Okay, another question I get asked all the time. I have had a recent speeding ticket. I ran a stop sign. I I did this. I did that. Once again, it's going to depend. If you have significant driving history issues, such as you have 20 speeding tickets in the last four years, you're going to be disqualified right off the bat. If you've had 20 speeding tickets, but it was back from when you were 18 and 19, and now you're 26 and you haven't had a speeding ticket, they're going to look at that and say, what the heck was wrong with you? And you're going to say, I was young and dumb and I've learned my lesson. I don't speed anymore. As you can see with my driving record, I drive completely safe. I was, you just own it and you say, Hey, I, I made a mistake and I, I now want to, you know, serve my community. So a driving history, a recent driving history issues will definitely disqualify you previous driving history issues from quite a few years ago if it's a year out and you've had 10 speeding tickets on your record over the last three years and you've been a year clean from speeding tickets there's a good chance you're going to get disqualified i'm not i'm not saying it's a guarantee but there's a good chance you're going to get disqualified if if that's the pattern you show now if you've had a history of 10 speeding tickets over four years, and then now you haven't had a speeding ticket in four years or any ticket in four years, they're going to look at that more favorably and say, hey, this individual is obviously wised up and is uh, is a little bit more responsible. And that's what it's coming back to. Are you responsible enough to handle the authority that comes with being a law enforcement officer? Remember, you have you have a lot of defensive tools on you. You have tasers, you have, you have OC spray, you have firearms, you have batons. All these different things can really hurt another individual or even yourself. So they need to make sure that they're hiring responsible individuals. And that's what all these disqualifying factors tend to weed out, or that's the goal is they weed out individuals who aren't responsible enough to handle the profession. Unreported past crimes. This is a big one. This goes into you being an honest or trust, trustworthy individual. There we go. I got it out. Honest or trustworthy. If you lie about a past crime or you fail to disclose it, now that's lying by omission, right? It means that you knew you had a past crime and you tried to hide it. That's still lying. Even though you didn't say anything, it's a lying by omission. If you if you have something like that on your in your background, let's say you had a DUI when you were 21 and you're 35 now, right? Or you're 30 years old now. And you fail to disclose it, right? You're like, oh, I was 21. Or let's say you had a, or let's say you had a, I don't know, a drug charge, a marijuana charge at 17, right? You're, you're found with marijuana, possession of marijuana, and the judge, you know, you didn't do any jail time. The judge just assigned you a fine and you're 17 and you're like, hey, I was underage. It's sealed records. They're not going to find it wrong. They're going to find it. They're definitely going to find it. And it's going to be live by omission. You fail to disclose it. And it's not the end of the world, right? You you had marijuana, you were 17 and you know, it was shoot 13 years ago and you've never been in trouble since then, you know, never been pulled over or, or whatever. 
you have a great shot at becoming a law enforcement officer as long as you don't lie. And lying by omission is the worst type of lying because it shows that you're trying to hide something, which is another thing. It comes back to public trust, right? That's the clearance you're going to get. If you can't be trusted, you can't have a public trust clearance. So keep that in mind. Do not fail to disclose prior criminal charges or, or anything like that because it's just it's just going to make you get disqualified once your background investigator finds it. Now, moving over to employment history, right? This, if you're in college and you moved a job each year, say you worked at the college bookstore, then you moved to a, then you moved to a temp position during the holiday season where you worked as a Santa, Santa's helper. And then you, you know, worked in the summer for one job. And then the next summer you worked another job. That's, you can articulate that, right? That's not going to hurt you. You're saying, hey, why didn't you stay at these positions? Well, all these positions. So the bookstore closes when when school's not in session and school's only in session eight months out of the year. Um, obviously, the holiday temporary position is only around during the holidays. The summer positions I could only hold while I was while I was not in school. So I, you know, that was just a temporary position. You can explain that if you're in if you're in college or if you have other things going on. It doesn't even have to be in college. You could be in a trade training or any anything that's reasonable. If you have poor history, so let's say you're 25 and you've changed jobs every six months to a year for the last three years, that's going to look bad. And it's going to, why did you change job? Now you have to explain or you have to articulate why you left every job, right? So when you fill out your 30 or 40 page or 90 page police questionnaire, depending on the department you're applying to, you're going to have to fill out each one of your employment and you're going to have to put down supervisor and, and references. And if you need to know how to do that, go back and watch my reference video. You need to watch my reference video because if you jack that one up, you're really hurting yourself. So if you're going to wind up filling out a police questionnaire and you're putting down 10 positions in one year or excuse me, 10 positions in three years with different companies, they're going to call each one of these companies. And well, first they're going to look at it and say, Hey, this person's not reliable, right? This person might be here a year. This person might just get through the Academy and say, I don't want to do this because the Academy is six to eight months long. Right? So if you run into that situation or if a hiring official runs into that situation, they're just going to disqualify you and say, Hey, your work history does not meet our requirement, right? You need to have steady work history for three years, right? Or steady work history for a year, or steady work history for two years, whatever whatever their criteria is, it depends. But you need to know that if you have poor work history, you're going to get disqualified right off the bat. If you have too many jobs. Now, once again, it's articulable. If you can say, hey, I worked for this one job this year, and then I got a job offer over here and I took it. But then when I started working there, that job really wasn't for me. It's not what I thought. And I went back to my other job. You can articulate that. It's it's believable. It's reasonable. And you just say, hey, I, I tried to go this way. I thought it, it'd be a little bit easier. I thought it'd be better, better time management, a little bit more money. But at the end, it just wasn't for me. And I came back to my last position. Or at the end, it wasn't for me. And I knew of another position with a different company. And I said, hey, let me go there. And I've been with that company now for eight months. It's explainable, right? You can do that. 
once you start getting into four or or five in a in a year or a two year time frame or even a three year time frame, it just looks bad all all together. So keep that in mind. Poor work history, it will disqualify you every single time. Okay, the last one for today, and remember, this isn't all of them. This is just a good amount of the most common ones. Giving false information. And what I mean by this is it's not lying by omission like we were discussing before where you're trying to hide a criminal act that's happened in your past. This is, say you say you have a a current charge we'll we'll stick with that say you have a current criminal charge or or moving violation and you say oh it's it's been dismissed right if you say it's been dismissed and it, and it hasn't even been taken care of yet but you hired a lawyer to go take care of it and said oh, i'll get it dismissed don't worry about it well if you don't have the letter saying it's dismissed you're lying right and if you lie and they see that because remember if, if it's if it's in the system, they're going to have access to it. Hands down, doesn't matter if it was in a different state, they're going to get access to it. So if you lie about it, it's only going to hurt you. If you have had, say, let's go back to the domestic violence thing. If you say, hey, you know, there was a domestic violence incident, but nothing came of it. You know, we slept in different houses that evening. And then, you know, now we're all good. Or I no longer see that individual. And then come to find out that individual has a restraining order against you, or even you have a restraining order against that individual. You're you're gonna get caught for for lying if you just say, hey, this is the issue, but there's there's no court mandate. Well, there is a court mandate. Doesn't matter. There's a court mandate. You have to tell and you have to disclose this information. I'm not telling you sit there and spill your guts and write down the whole story of what happened from your perspective from 9.02 p.m. to 11.53 p.m. when the law enforcement finally left the scene. I'm telling you, as always, be specific, but don't elaborate. Say what happened. Be truthful about it. You don't have to sit there and elaborate and say, it started with so-and-so saying this to me, then I said so-and-so to this to them, and then they threw a pot at me. No. You don't have to go into all that. It would just be something as simple as so-and-so, myself and so-and-so got into a verbal discussion. Uh, law enforcement was called after the individual threw a, a metal object at myself. And then law enforcement showed up. No damage was done to anyone. Law enforcement said, hey, you guys go sleep at different places. And that was the end of it. That's how you... That's how you be truthful and specific, but don't elaborate. Anyway, anything where you provide false information, you're you're going to get jammed up for it. You're going to get disqualified, and it's against the law, so you may even get in more trouble for it. Now keep that in mind. Don't provide false information on any of your application forms. If you say that you worked from this date to this date at this job, and then they call that job and say, no, this person quit six months before that, but you're trying to close the gap of uh, of unemployment because you didn't want to have to explain an unemployment gap, you're going to get disqualified immediately for providing false information. And then chances are you might even have to face some other type of criminal issue if they decide to follow up with possibly charges on that for lying on a government form. So these are the ones we covered today. Remember, all these, it depends. Things can change. Different municipalities, different states, 
federal government, all of them have different applications to each one of these. The things to remember is just go in there, be truthful, be specific, but don't elaborate. And then also don't try to hide anything. You're just going to get found out and and it's just going to disqualify you and potentially even worse. So those two gifts are down for you below your workshop, getting started as a law enforcement officer, getting started as a police officer. You need to watch it. It's going to walk you through everything. It's going to help you make all the right choices because once you've put things down on paper and you submit it, that's it. It's very hard to backtrack things from that point on and every different department that wants it can get it if they if they so choose because you're going to sign a release of information for every different department you apply to. Little tip there. The other gift is a free coaching call with myself. If you have something more specific that you want to discuss about your situation or your application process or getting started, I'm here for you. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to help you along your journey and get you started on the right foot. As always, stay safe and I will see you next time.